Are you tired of being told what to think and how to act? Well, you are not alone. In case you haven't realized it, you have an internal GPS. It knows all you need to know about how to live your life. So it's about time you stopped letting the media and the government tell you what is true for you. In fact, it is exactly that time. It's time to think for yourself. And here to make sure you're doing just that is your host, mediator, author, and lawyer, Carol Gold. Hi, it's Friday, April 8th. I'm Carol Gold, and welcome to Think for Yourself. In the last day or so, I watched Sean Penn on the Sean Hannity show. Just realized it was Sean and Sean. Didn't think about that before I said it to you just now. Anyway, it was an interesting exchange for several reasons, and I want to go over them because they are reasons that apply to much larger issues that we're all dealing with now and that we're going to have to keep dealing with going forward until we acknowledge the truth of it and do something about it. Sean Penn has an organization called CORE, C-O-R-E, and that organization does charitable work, humanitarian work, I think around the globe. And Sean Penn was in Ukraine prior to Putin's invasion because Sean Penn was doing a film or a documentary of sorts on both Vladimir Zelensky and also the Ukraine people. And he happened to be there when the invasion occurred, and he happened to interview Zelensky both the day before, I believe, and the day after the invasion. Yes, the day before and the day after. And I remember that vividly because Sean Penn talked about the difference that he saw in Zelensky the day before and the day after. And that difference appeared to be true for every Ukrainian that Sean Penn met or saw. And what he spoke to was a unity, a unity of focus, a unity of purpose, a unity across the population that was so visceral and so visible and so profound And Sean Penn said that he realized that that's what's lacking in our country, that sense of unity. And I personally believe that it's that sense of unity that has not only coalesced the Ukrainian people, but also is probably what has allowed them to maintain their opposition, in some instances drive back the Russian onslaught, And ultimately, it will prevail. It will cause them to be victorious. Whether or not they win the battle, they'll win the war, so to speak. It's the power that comes from unity. It's the power that comes from what I call oneness. And that oneness is where we all start. We all start in the, if you will, if I can anthropomorphize God, we all start in the mind of God as a singular thought. And it's from that thought and from that intention that everything flows. It flows to the point where it finally manifests in physical reality from a thought or an idea to an intention, to a manifestation and to a process that takes it all through those stages and many more to get to where you and I are now in what we call 3D reality. That unity, that oneness is the key. 
Certainly, if it is the key to the mind of God, and it is the key to creation, then it is also the key to our own survival and our own ability to create a world that is more cohesive, more united, more intended to act as a singular unit. Now, when I talk about this, I'm not talking about it politically. I'm not talking about a socialized world or a communistic world. I'm not talking about politics. I'm talking about consciousness and I'm talking about the intentions of the heart. It is both from our mind and our hearts that we have to move more toward oneness. And why have we not? Well, I think as of late, we are experiencing an extreme and that extreme is the intentional outcome of a deliberate effort to create the opposite of oneness, to create separation. You know, I say on the show all the time, we're in a spiritual battle. And I say that because, as I said, oneness is, I believe, the state of being of God. It's perfect unity. It's perfect harmony. Division is the opposite of oneness. Division results in obviously separation. And that's where we are. And if you think that that's not a strategy and an effective one, it's what every cult sets out to do when they're recruiting members. One of the first things the cults do is to begin to separate both in the mind of and physically their targets, separate their victims from their friends, from their families, so that they, they the cult leaders, where the cult recruiters can begin to have that individual be lacking in an anchoring community. So the individual begins to be, to rely more and more and more on the recruiter, on the cult, until ultimately you have a condition of brainwashing. Like those of you old enough to remember Patty Hearst, the heiress to the Hearst fortune in California, who was I believe, originally kidnapped by the Symbionese Liberation Army here in the United States. And they ultimately had her committing crimes with them because it's called the Stockholm Syndrome when you become totally reliant upon your captors or totally reliant upon the cult that you've aligned yourself with. You begin to take on not only their principles, but also their behavior. Even if that behavior is the antithesis of everything you've ever believed in or thought was good. I think that's what's happened to us culturally and politically. We've been deliberately separated. We have been deliberately groomed. It's a word I use reluctantly because there seems to be a lot of angst over that word right now around grooming children, both in terms of children who are trans or think they are, or attempting to go through the process of transitioning their gender, but also a lot of grooming in the sex trafficking industry globally. But it is the right word. I believe that we've been groomed as a population to separate from one another, to not trust your neighbor. You know, I talked about this again in a prior podcast. 
COVID did a lot to make us suspicious of one another because we became literally suspicious of breathing near one another or standing too close to one another. And that went a long way toward fostering a political agenda that had already been in place. And that agenda was to separate us so that we would be tribal in nature, so that we would rely on the group that we were aligned with. And that turned out to be politically left, or politically right. In the end, there was very little option other than choosing one of those two groups to align yourself with, and it was very successful at dividing the nation. And that's why I say it's a spiritual war. It's a spiritual war because anytime you have people behaving in a way that is closer to their lowest common denominator than their highest potential, You're talking about the war of light and dark, the war of good and bad, the war of God and Satan. I know that those are all religious terms. I put them all out there because I don't really think it matters what your construct is. I don't think it matters what your language is. I think ultimately we all know the difference between behaving in ways that foster cohesion and oneness and unity and community and behaving in ways that foster division and dissension and opposition and war. I think that's where we've been and that's where we are. Now, there's probably good news. And the good news is people are beginning to awaken to that. They're being awakened to, if nothing else, the damage that the separation and the division and the polarization does. So let me circle back to the Sean Penn, Sean Hannity interview. There probably aren't two people more politically in opposition to one another than Sean Penn and Sean Hannity. Sean Penn being uber left, Sean Hannity being uber right. And yet when Hannity reached out, Penn came on his show and you could tell that Sean Penn was uneasy with Sean Hannity and you could tell that Hannity was walking a line and maybe even restraining himself from some of what he would have otherwise said in an interview with a Hollywood actor. But they had something in common. And what they had in common was their humanity. Because both of them are deeply troubled by what's happening in Ukraine, and both of them are deeply troubled by the world's failure to come to the aid of Ukraine in a meaningful way that would stop what appears to be an annihilation of an entire people, or at least the intent to annihilate a people, or to annihilate as many as possible before the conflict is brought to an end. So here were two people who represent each of those tribal extremes, and yet there they were because they had their common denominator. And that's the key. The key is you focus on the common denominator. You don't focus on the differences because we can always find difference. It's human nature. We're all unique. We all come with our own perspectives. We all come with our own biases. We all come with our own preferences. We get to choose. We're free-willed people. But as easy as it is to find the differences, it's that much easier to find the common ground. It's just that we're not conditioned to look for it. The common ground is our heart. The common ground is compassion. The common ground is life affirming. The common ground is the highest good for all concerned. The common ground is we all bleed when we cut. 
The common ground is we all care when children are put at risk. When I say we all, I know there are exceptions, but those are not the rule. They're the aberrations. They're the individuals that are truly troubled. And they're the individuals that sometimes society has to sanction and constrain. But they're the minority. And we're not being encouraged to focus on that common ground. As I said, it's to the contrary. And there's another aspect here that I think is really important and goes to the division. And it's the deception. It's the deliberate manipulation of truth and reality. You know, I'm going to use an example, but I only want to use it as an example because it's the most profound and the most easily identifiable. We now see acknowledgement by all of the mainstream press, the Washington Post, the New York Times, CNN, acknowledgement that the whole Hunter Biden laptop thing that broke in the New York Post just prior to the 2020 election is in fact true, that there is in fact tremendous illegality and potential, I don't want to say treason, but illegality and behavior adverse to the best interest of the United States and its safety by both Hunter Biden, his uncle, his business partners, and more than likely his father. That will yet to be determined, although there is evidence in the form of emails that indicate that that's the case. So I'm not here to go down that rabbit hole because I think that's going to happen in the United States Senate. And I think it's going to happen in the public arena. And I think the total truth will out shortly. The point I want to make is about the deception. In addition to causing us to not trust one another, the manipulation of truth and the dis and misinformation both have caused us not to trust anyone as any source of reliable information. So where does that leave us? Well, in a sense, I want to bring us back to where I started, which is this concept of oneness and unity. Where that leaves us is that, as I've said before, you can't trust external reality because what you're being shown may or may not be true. You know, an article broke yesterday or today that the United States has been using intel. We've been using intelligence that hasn't been vetted that hasn't been verified, and we've been using it to take actions that may be based on completely false information. You know, one of the examples is the Iraq War. There were no weapons of mass destruction, but George Bush made up his mind that he was going into Iraq because of what Saddam Hussein had done to his father, the prior President Bush because of what Saddam Hussein had done in terms of humiliation to his father, George Herbert Walker Bush. We ginned up this false information about weapons of mass destruction, and that's why we went into Iraq to get the weapons of of mass destruction, and there were none. And we created tremendous havoc and antipathy toward the United States in that region of the world as if there weren't enough already. It's similar with the Russia hoax about Trump and Putin. It's now turned out that that entire story was false. So right before an election for the highest office in the land, two deceptions were imposed upon us. One was the complete silencing of the true Hunter Biden story. And the other was the complete aggrandizement 
of the false Trump-Russia collusion story. So here we are. What do you do? Our own intelligence service can't be trusted. 51 former intelligence officials signed a letter saying that the Trump-Russia-Putin thing was real. The dossier was real. And it wasn't. They lied. They lied to you and they lied to me. We do have to go back to oneness because that source of energy, that source of life that keeps nature and humanity going, so to speak, it's a form of energy that is transmitted every second, every millisecond, every nanosecond into the cosmos to keep it, let's say, alive, to keep it ongoing, to give it that eternal and infinite quality that it has. Those transmissions in many ways are no different than radio transmissions, than the frequencies that are given off by your router, by your cell phone, television, telephone, all of it. It's all communicating on frequencies that can be utilized for a specific purpose. I would tell you that the frequency that God broadcasts on is available, but you have to tune in. You have to be, number one, you have to believe it exists. Number two, you have to get quiet enough to hear it. You have to tune into it and you have to be open to it because you can't at this moment, I can't at this moment, believe what my eyes and ears or your eyes and ears bring to you. Deep fakes are real both in video and now in audio. They've now perfected audio. So they can show you almost anyone doing almost anything, saying almost anything, and you won't know whether it's real or not. We actually don't even know if the mass graves and the apparent slaughter in Ukraine are real or not. Except, I guess, when someone like Sean Penn comes back who's been on the ground and has seen it. Short of that, and then again, you have to trust Sean Penn or whoever tells you. And I always say, well, the only thing you can trust is your own experience. So make your own experience a deliberate intention to connect with the source, with oneness, with wholeness, with unity, because it will drive you in that direction. It will lead you in that direction. It will take you to that common denominator within all humanity because oneness seeks itself. It seeks oneness. It seeks harmony. It seeks unity. It's the essence of what it is. The only thing that gets in our way is doubt. In Kabbalah, in Jewish mysticism, Satan is doubt. That's all it is. Doubt that there is goodness. Doubt that there is love doubt that there is God, and doubt that God is love, and God is oneness, and God is unity, and God is harmony, and that with each one of us is an emanation from God to us that makes us, in our own way, divine. Foster it, nourish it, and look for it in others. Those are the like-minded people you want to find. Like-minded and like-hearted. I was very encouraged by the Sean Hannity, Sean Penn interview. If you haven't watched it, watch it. It's a wonderful example of us being the best we can be and putting the nonsense aside. I want it for you. I want it for me. I want it for the nation, and I want it for the world. 
Thank you for listening. I'm Carol Gold. I'll be back here again on Monday. And until I am, by all means, think for yourself. Carol thanks you for spending your valuable time with her. It is her mission to empower you to remember how smart and capable you are. Be sure to check out Carol's website, carolgold.com. That's Carol with an E, gold.com. Please leave a review and subscribe here so you'll be alerted to Carol's next podcast. Until then, above all else, remember, it's time to think for yourself.